0: Makers podcast brings the community to you. We talk to small business owners about work, life, and everything in between. Subscribe to Sellers and Makers podcast so you never miss an episode. Hi, and welcome to Sellers and Makers podcast, a place artisans can come together in community. Brought to you by Everything Embroidery Market. I'm your host, Hope Dale, and...
1: I'm Christina Schulman, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with Miss Amanda Edwards. Thank you so much for being with us today, Amanda. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yes. So Amanda, tell us a little bit about who you are. I know you're a mama and you're also you work full time and you also have your own business. So let's talk about that. What what do you have going on?
2: (laughs) So I have a seven-year-old boy, and then I have two kids that are 17 and 20, um, so kind of a range. And Then I work full-time as a museum director at a small museum, and that's kind of how I got started in social media because um, museums are nonprofits, so kind of like small businesses, we try to find creative ways to do social media and reach an audience without having to spend big marketing dollars. And so I taught myself social media for the last 10 years, promoting my nonprofit and some other nonprofits that I work with. And through that, I realized that a lot of small business owners um, are busy in their day to day. So they've reached out to have help on doing social media content. And so that's kind of when I got started doing that on the side. And I helped several small businesses just kind of streamline their content, plan their content post content and just help them stay engaged with their audience. And I do it from a little bit different than like a marketing background, but more of a um, audience engagement background. So my um, museum work is an exhibit design. So I think about how you're connecting with your audience, how um, you're speaking to your audience, what they want to hear, what they want to see, and look at that from the business standpoint of how to reach out to um, the people you're trying to sell to or the people you're trying to connect with. So yeah. that's kind well, of where I started
1: in that. Yeah, well, and I love that you said it's a different perspective because I think a lot of people, um, at least a lot of people that I've talked to, they they have a small business and they're just busy in the day-to-day and they're doing social media because they feel like they have to. Um, I mean, me included, <laughs> you know, feel like I have to, I got to do it, I got to do it, I got to do it. And while I'll be like, okay, here's the plan for the week, the month, whatever, there isn't much of a plan beyond that. And so I love that you're, you know, you are figuring out a way to connect more.
2: And I think that's a lot of a misconception. And What I love about doing social media with clients is for so long, I feel like people have been told, like, you have to post daily, you have to, you know, post something daily, but they really haven't given you, um, like, what you're supposed to post. So businesses are just throwing posts up there. Nobody's liking them or engaging with them because they're not telling a story. They're not getting authentic with their audience. They're not um, trying to add value to their customers. Um, They're just thinking, okay, if I post daily, then, then I'm completing that task. And really social media has evolved to where it's a relationship with your following And you have to build that through authentic engagement. And that doesn't mean posting daily. It just means adding value to your customers or to your followers through what you post. And so um, there is some planning involved, but there's also a huge piece where you have to adapt. Um, You have to be ready to adapt, like based on what your following is liking, um, maybe based on trends, um, different things like that. But you can't just set a plan at the beginning of the month and then put it on autopilot and expect to have that authentic engagement um, that everyone's looking for online. So I think that's something where there's a few tools you can use um, to set up plans for like monthly posting, but just remember that there is some um, adaptability in there as you go through the month and see what's working, see what's not working, um, and then see what the outside is doing. There might be trends you wanna hop onto. This week, Barbie was huge. Um, You may not have planned for that two months ago. So you just have to be willing to step in and say, okay, we're going to switch it up. Like, this is something we really want to adapt our content to fit that trending audio or to fit that meme that's going around. Um, And it may chunk out a post that you planned for two weeks ago or push it to another day. So just like having that, I don't know, flexibility to just get creative and, and not be stuck in like, okay, I have to post every day at 8 a.m. and that's my social media. Um, but just having a little bit more of a relaxed feel to it. And I think that actually frees small businesses up to show more of what they do. Um, it's not just, you know, I have to post daily. It's like, okay, I'm doing this really cool thing. Um, I'm trying a new design. I wanna share it with you and just have that authentic self. And it may not be planned
1: right well and it's it's more than just checking a box right yeah 8 a.m do social media it almost becomes a chore it becomes like robotic and then we me i ended up posting a lot of just the same stuff not on purpose but it was just like i gotta get this done okay now it's done and then i move on about my day instead of doing my normal day or you know when you come being able to capture some of those things that maybe make it feel more authentic. You know, it's more, I don't know, it's better. (laughs) I feel like too, when
0: people are, when you're posting the same time every day and it starts to look the same, people stop engaging, people stop seeing it. Like, I mean, not only like does the algorithm and all that stuff, I know that changes but I feel like when it's the same thing, people don't even realize like, is this a new one or is this yesterday's that just popped up? Like it all looks the same to me. There's nothing that's like engaging them in this post. Whereas when you're doing a little bit of behind the scenes or a little personal view, having some vulnerability, people are like, oh, I haven't seen this yet. They remember because it's also something different.
2: Yeah, and I think it plays into your audience too. Um, like, if you're a small business targeting moms, like they want to know that you understand them. They want to know that you're a mom, that you have kids, that you work alongside your kids. I know when we film with Christina, um, the the content with her kids is huge, and it it does really well because people relate to that. You know, mm-hmm. you're not some corporate headquarters that's mm-hmm. you know trying to sell them something that you don't understand. Like you are them, and they're. They're more willing to engage with you and to um, buy the product, honestly, because they feel like, okay, she gets me or he gets me, you know, like you're talking to them as a person, not like them as a set of marketing numbers.
1: Right. Right. Well, and I think that's a a shift in a mindset, right? Like, A lot of people start a business and they're like, this has to be professional, which it does, but it has to be a certain way. I can't show these things. I can only show the professional side. But when it comes to social media, I think that's what people want to see. You know, if they want to just do business with a big corporate entity, they'll go to Walmart or they'll go, you know, they'll they'll go to those places if they're going to buy them the things that are handmade or whatever, they want to connect with the creator. Yeah, and then- Sorry, go ahead. Like
2: a little bit, I mean, if your brand has an aesthetic, um, you want to try to meet that aesthetic within that content. So like, you're not going to be all over the place because that also gets a little jarring for your following, but just making sure that you're authentic to who your brand is, you know what your brand's voice is, you know who your audience is and that you're going to connect to them through the different ways you connect on social media and that it is consistent it doesn't have to be the same but it at least follows a thread through um kind of the different styles that you use
1: yeah. right so oh you had something to say Sorry. oh i was just going to say like
0: also i feel like there's a really big switch that has occurred in the last few years with corporate in general like i think social media and Instagram and TikTok and all of that stuff has really kind of broken down some of behind the scenes barriers, but it's also allowed the small businesses to come out and say, Hey, look at me. Whereas I don't feel like that platform was there before. So while there is that like big corporate kind of wall, I feel like a lot of that, all of that has kind of like shifted in, The last several years and how that's all being dealt with Um, it
2: it gives small businesses an opportunity to have hundreds of thousands of people seeing their content um if they pick the right you know trending audio and they Mm -hmm. have something that kind of goes at a viral reach um and it can be something that they may not expect but it gets in front of those faces it opens it up to like a new audience and I liked an a couple years ago, but it was like, you know, if you may only have 50 views on your reel, but if 50 people came into your brick and mortar store, you would be ecstatic, right? Like, right. so we have to stop looking at, I mean, not that you don't look at analytics at all. They're important and the insights they provide are important. But if you get so stuck on the numbers and not the value of your audience, yes. um, you're going to lose the benefit of what social media can do. And so, yes, you want to grow your reach, but if your reach is just a big number, it can actually sometimes hurt you if you're not really looking at who that audience is, what kind of value you're adding to them, what value are they adding to your business, Mm -hmm. are they engaging? Um, So it's a really powerful tool for small businesses that I feel like a lot of people are intimidated by, but it can be a really good, great platform for them, (laughs) and. Have that authentic um, relationship like you would if you you know lived on the street from a boutique and you got to know that boutique owner um, and you go in and you want to see the latest styles or you want to see the latest trends and you build that relationship. You can do that online through social media if you're willing to have that authentic part of it and not just use it as like, a. I posted for today, I'm done, I'm turning it
1: off, I'm not looking at it again. Right. No, absolutely. And and we see that, you know, I mean, like I said, I've been guilty of that. I know a lot of our customers or our attendees at everything embroidery market has been guilty of that. Um, sometimes it's because they're scared, like you said, or intimidated. Sometimes it's lack of time because they feel like they're doing all these different things, which they are. A lot of you know business owners are pulled in a lot of different directions. But like you said, it can be freeing to not feel like you have to post every day post when post frequently, it doesn't have to be every day, but post at a regular cadence. But if you skip a day or two, but then the next time you post, it's something that was well done and not just thrown together. You're going to have more benefit in the long run.
2: Yeah. And I think, um, just focusing on like the parts of your day that, your customers might be interested in. Like, you know, if you have like a retail shop and you're doing um, social media, like if there's a lull in customers coming through, take that moment to shoot maybe the new content you just put out on the floor. Or if you do most of your business online, you know, if you're packing orders, just put your camera up next to your, you know, water cup or something filming you and just film yourself packing orders for 20 to 30 seconds and then Use that and then you can put some text over it and you'd be surprised how far those kinds of clips reach if you're talking to your audience in an authentic way. I
0: think about like all of those restock. I don't know why I will watch those forever. Like organization and restock. I mean, you could totally do that in the back end of a a boutique, an online store, whatever. I mean, you could reorganizing your space or just resetting it after a busy day like something like that and being genuine yeah i think it can go a really long way or at least i'm a sucker and i love to watch those
2: <laughs> yeah and think about, people are messy too yeah think about what you watch too as a consumer so there's a chance that you are your target audience like mm-hmm. if you're a small business owner and you own a business that does a certain thing you probably started that business because you needed that whatever it was. um, And so you are probably in your target client range. So what are you watching? You know, what are you consuming that entertains you, that keeps your interest, that keeps you from scrolling up or swiping right or whatever? Like, what is it that you see? And then think about how you can take that idea and use it for your own social media. So like, if, Hope, you're interested in restocking, you know, like, it would be easy when, you know, you unpack boxes to put all this, like, the stock on the shelf, yep. like, to film that. Exactly. Um, but that's the kind of thing. You don't realize how much power you have if you are kind of your client, your target consumer, is that think about what you like. Think about what you watch. They probably watch something very similar mm-hmm. and then adapt that for your social media. Right. I'm 100%.
0: Um I think about that all the time. Like I find myself watching a ton of other like moms that are around my age that also, you know, work and you know try to have a social life and all of that and then I think about who we are in our target market and you know it, it's just yes, I watch a lot of people that are similar to me and I'm sure that's how a lot of other people I mean i watch some people that are totally not like me too but the ones that i tend to get invested in are the ones that yeah. i'm like how are they doing that they have how many kids and i can't even do it with my two you know
2: <laughs> yeah like i mean
0: it's,
2: you're watching on stories who are you like oh they haven't updated their story today wonder what they're doing are they on vacation right
0: <laughs> you start to notice that they haven't updated even yeah, then popping in going like, I'm going on vacation. I'll update y'all later. And you're like, oh, wonder how their vacation's going.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I've they're never they're met again. this person before, but I hope it's good. <laughs> and then because they let you into their life. And I right. think now when you're on the business side, you know, you're not going to let people into every nitty gritty detail of your right. business. I mean, you can, but that's. You know you want to do have a layer of professionalism in there but i think opening that door a little bit wider you know letting them see the warehouse letting them see the messy craft room that you maybe create all your things in um letting them see you with your kids all over you if you're trying to sew something or you know make something i mean that's real life
0: i feel like the, those type of things are like really people engage in because they're like, oh, it's not picture perfect. It's people showing like, this is this is life happening. And sometimes it is picture perfect. And sometimes I really aim for that, but most of the time it's not.
1: <laughs> so yeah, well, completely. but like we were saying, there's a lot of people that are afraid to get started. So right. do you have like a tip that's like, if you do nothing else, start here.
2: Yes. So, oh, sorry. I'm just a so <coughs> My throat just got really dry.
1: Real life, right here. Real
2: right. life, it's happening. Allergies. Allergies. <laughs> we all got them.
1: <laughs> yeah. What you get for
2: going outside and dealing with your garden before you build? Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yeah. So I would say that if you are scared or you're like, nobody wants to see my mess, nobody wants to see the back end of what I'm doing, or you're afraid of putting yourself on camera. That's what I hear the most. Um, especially for my clients. Like, I don't want to be on camera. Like I would say all of them, even, um, to be on TV. She still doesn't always want to be on camera, which is shocking, but you know, um, that's what they say. And I say, it's 20 to 30 seconds and you just have to almost like fight through it. Like just say, okay, I'm going to do this and, you know, edit it, put it up there. You don't have to watch it again. Like if it, if, it, if seeing yourself on camera is your thing, but also remember you might be the one person that your audience needs to hear from. You might be the one person that they can relate to. Um, they may need to see you as a mom. They may need to see you as somebody who's making something or doing something or being authentic. Now, if you want to put yourself in the best light, um, film with natural light, you know, find a spot where there's a window, um, to give yourself some natural light, find a neutral background or something that's not super busy. Um, that will make your content look better. Buy a ring light. Um, That can help you if you don't have a spot with a lot of natural light. Like if your place where you create is a room with no windows, then, you know, get a ring light. There are some tricks you can use to kind of help you feel your best filming. Because I know that's a lot of it, too, is some people are just like, I don't feel like I want to see myself on camera. And that's understandable. If you are a, especially if you're a maker, like you're like, I'm not the person that wants to be on stage or on film. Like I'm a maker. Like I want to make and do. Um, so it's outside of your nature to want to be on camera. Um, but there's some ways you can make yourself feel a little better about it. But yeah, I would say neutral backgrounds, make sure you have good lighting. Don't film yourself in the dark. Um, cause those aren't going to pick up on the algorithm. They're going to want to see, um, bright light, clean backgrounds kind of thing. Um, that's, something that can help you. Also, you can use filters. Um, I wouldn't suggest using a lot of filters or any filters if you're distorting your product. So just be careful with that. Now, if you're just you talking and you feel like you want a filter that helps with blemishes or something, but just be careful with filters um, because you again, you're trying to be authentic. So you don't want to mask that too much um, because it starts feeling fake and people can tell when there's a filter. Um, so just be careful with that. And then I would just say, start off really small. So start off maybe filming, not your face, but filming you just doing something. Set up a camera where it can film you, um, doing something where you don't have to talk directly to the camera, and then build up to 20 to 30 seconds of speaking to the camera. Honestly, right now, the algorithm is pushing like five to seven second videos. There's not a whole lot you can say in five to seven seconds. So um, a B-roll video or a video of you just doing something is actually going to be more effective. Um, And then you can work up to talking to the camera. But you're not going to be talking to the camera for like an hour um, unless you're just batching content. But like your single video is not going to be you giving this huge speech to your following. So I think making it into these manageable bites helps people feel more comfortable. Um, You could just be like, help me pack orders and then flip the camera to you packing orders. So you're really not talking to the camera directly at all. That could be something to help you kind of transition over to getting yourself on film and getting comfortable with that and seeing people interact with that.
1: Right. And I feel like I've seen a ton of those where it's the B-roll, like you said, and then they've got tips or like whatever they're doing um on the screen yeah
2: that's a really popular right now with the algorithm is just helpful content now make sure whatever you're putting on the screen is either informative or valuable um or kind of explains what you're doing but that that's an easy way to start making video content without having to talk directly to the camera um, but still getting yourself on the camera because the algorithm does pick up people. So it does push to see people's faces or people in the videos. And that will increase. And And the, the algorithm changes all the time. So there's no like tried and true. I mean, it changes almost daily um, as to what they're pushing. Um, I would say one big thing right now, and this is July of 2023. So if you're listening to this later, it could be completely different. but One thing right now is keywords. So instead of using as many hashtags, make sure that your content includes keywords either in your caption or on the text on your video screen. So like if you are selling something that deals with fairy tale dresses or something like that, like those words need to be in your screen content and your caption um, as many places as you can because it's going to pick that up. Kind of like search terms. Um, but that's how it's starting to push content now is keywords over what used to be kind of hashtags, which are still important or some other things. So just, and there's a lot of people you can follow that kind of help keep up with the algorithm trends, but they do change. And right now, keywords are really popular. That's good to know.
1: Yeah, that's a good tip because, yeah. Um, Hot tip. I definitely
0: definitely still thought it was
2: hashtags.
1: (laughs) I mean, I know keywords
0: are important on the back ends of websites and SEO and all of that stuff. So why wouldn't it be on social media? But sometimes you need someone to tell you. Yeah. And
2: and that's what (laughs) it's actually trending is social media is switching over kind of to more of an SEO style um, platform where that's how it's being driven. And so that's why the keywords are important. Um, Which I yeah. think is actually a really good thing. Yeah. It's easier, because um, most of the time your caption is going to reference whatever you're excited about or talking about, just making sure those keywords are in there. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Um, so are there any products that you really like that help you with your social media?
2: Yeah, so I actually picked out a few apps and I'll send them so we can post them with this or whatever. But um, so Canva uh, gets a kind of a bad rap by designers, but I think for small businesses, it's super helpful for helping you create branded social media posts um, that can help keep your brand kind of consistent. So there are templates you can use, but I would say if you're going to use a Canva template to make sure that you can adapt the colors Um, maybe even the font or the icons they use or graphics they use to match your brand style, Um, to make sure it's customized for you Um, or you can create content from scratch. Um, You can
0: do that on Canva. They have a little brand manager that it will adapt the template to your colors.
2: Yes, So so I make sure you're doing that. It's a great platform. It's really user friendly. Um, but make sure that you're customizing it so your brand is consistent because you don't want to have one post that's neon green and purple and then one post pastel colors and your brand is, like, black and white. Like, um, just it's jarring to people and the way they process content um, psychologically. So we want to make sure that people are understanding your brand's image and that we keep that consistent. And so, Canva is a great way to do that. Um, For editing videos, I will be honest, I edit most of my videos in Instagram. Occasionally, I edit them in an app called InShot. Um, They have a free and a paid version. The paid version, I want to say, is only like $100 a year. Um, But it's really a good way for you to be able to edit audio and video together. So, like, sometimes I'll have a client just record audio but we'll put it over B-roll video of either their products or previous events or things like that. InShot's really easy, and you can do it from your phone. Um, there's tons of video editing programs on the computer, but most people don't want to invest in those. So InShot's a very affordable way to be able to have some of those deeper editing tools on your phone. And it's pretty user-friendly. Um, you can do transitions. And then you can set it either for TikTok or Instagram Reels or whatever size you're looking for. Um, But that one is really good and it's called InShot. And then um, I like to use CapCut, which is another video editing one. It's really good if you're looking for a template to just plug your content in. And then it's going to give you kind of a trending template. Um, This is really good if you're trying to capitalize on like meme content. So, like, some of the funnier things that are going around, they have templates for that. And you can just plug your content in. So, that's CapCut. And I think, there again, there's paid and free versions of that one. But those are some editing tools. But a lot of the editing can be done directly in Instagram, directly in TikTok. I would say make sure you are operating on the latest version of the apps. Like, if you don't have updates automatically turned on on your phone go in and make sure that those are up to date. If they are not, sometimes some of the editing features can get a little wonky. Um, So just make sure that you've updated those apps so that you can make sure you get all the tools that they have. But um, And when you're editing an Instagram, now they show you the trending audios. Um, They have like a little arrow that kind of points diagonally up. That means it's a trending audio. So if you compare that, with your Reels or even your posts now they have music on them, um, it just gets it in front of more people because Instagram is going to push those videos more if they have a trending audio. And that's pretty easy to do. And they even let you in the app edit the video um, volume from your video and the trending audio. So you can turn the trending audio down and still have your voice going and be able to have um, both audios playing on the video.
1: Yeah, I've seen that where you don't even hear the trending audio. It's just added for yeah. people to be able to, I guess, more visibility. <laughs> yeah. Or it's
2: very, very quiet. But yes, so it just gets you in front of those things. Because if you just upload a video with your audio from your phone or whatever you shot it with, um, it's going to label it as an original audio. and that isn't going to get in front of as many people. So you want to make sure you add that trending audio, um, edit it to where it's either playing lightly in the background, um, or if it's not a video with sound, then you can play it at full volume, but it allows you to get in front of other And so I did want to talk real quick about the different types of posts, if that's okay. Um, Absolutely, have at it. Yeah, some people don't understand Each type of posts on social media have different roles for for your social media. So if you are trying to build a following, um, reels are what's getting you in front of a new audience. Um, So that's because people are scrolling through the reels or through like like TikTok. You scroll and then if you find a reel that you like, you follow that person or you like that person. That's getting you in front of the new audience because honestly, they're not seeing static posts or carousel posts in their feed if they don't follow you. So if you wanna get in front of a new audience, Reels content is gonna be how you're gonna get them pulled into you um, without doing paid ads, like if you're trying to do this organically. Now stories, um, that's where you're gonna connect and build your community with your existing audience. Ask questions, do polls, And also, this is where you're going to start converting into sales. So this is where you can post links to whatever you're trying to sell. This is usually where they're going to click on them. Not the post, most likely your stories. Because you're going through and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to order that. Click. Um, And that's where if you do want to have them kind of follow you along in your day, that's also a good place to put it is stories. But that's, again, mostly going to go to who's already following you. Um, now carousels, you probably heard this and you're like, what is that? Um, carousels are going to be multi photo posts on Instagram. So on Facebook, they kind of show up as like a gallery, but on Instagram, you like scroll through them kind of like a carousel. Um, that's where you want to offer kind of your value content. Like you're either telling them about a sale, you're teaching them something, you're giving them facts. um, And that's, again, going to be for your current audience. Now, you can hashtag it. There's a chance it might reach a few new people. But for the most part, it's going to be who already follows you. And then static posts, so just single photo posts, that's going to be where you want to put quotes, um, checklists. Uh, things that are easy to share, um, one-offs that are easy to share, new products, um, anything you want to call attention to in just like a single post. And then lives, um, which are still valuable, that's going to be where you're going to have conversation with your followers, whether it's through a live sale and you're engaging with them or a live where you're answering questions. um, And you can have some conversion there for sales. Um, through the lives. But that's kind of how you break those down. So you need to have a mixture of those posts throughout the week and the month. Um, If you're really trying to build your audience, I would go heavier on the reels, especially if you're trying to target a certain audience, and then pepper in, you know, some stories and some posts to engage the people that are already following you. But I think sometimes that's intimidating is like, What kind of posts do I do? What should I, what is this, you know, what's the value of this post versus this kind? And so that just breaks it down a little bit. So it helps you to understand like each of them have a purpose. Um, And when you're planning the month, you kind of want to go through and be like, okay, we're going to do a couple of these. I want to focus on pushing this to some new people. So I'll do a reel. That's where you can start plugging those things in and really understanding how they work to
1: help you organically grow right uh, that all of those really good tips i think yeah. um people are going to be i wish i had a notepad or if you don't go back rewind listen to it again Keep listening that's the beauty yeah. of this re-listen re-listen because everything that you're saying is 100 percent true now can we talk a little bit about maybe that person who's not sure what their audience is or who their audience is maybe how to kind of nail that down. Because if you market to everybody, you reach nobody, right? Yeah. So most of the time with the business, you
2: have a product. Okay, let's just say if you sell a physical product, that physical product normally either provides like um, something like solves a problem for somebody, right? Like even if you sell like, okay, kids clothes, like you sell kids clothes, like you're providing... a a type of product that the parent needs to, one, clothe their child, so that's an essential need, but two, um, maybe, you know, something that doesn't have some messaging on it that you find, like, in normal stores. You want something that's going to give your client something different. So you solve a problem with your product. Um, So your audience is built on whose problem you're solving um, a lot of the times. That's the simplest way to break it down. So like if you sell affordable kids clothes that are kind of neutral and allow your kids to kind of take on their own personality, then your audience is moms that want their kids to stand out. They don't want them to be pushed by a narrative of a clothing brand that has messaging on it or whatever. So you're going to target that mom buyer. Kids aren't buying their own clothes normally. So you're gonna target the mom who has kids that age or the dad or the grandma who's buying those kids clothes and you're gonna think about who are they? Where are they normally shopping if they're shopping? You know, how much do they shop online? Those kinds of things. And you're gonna kind of break down who your person is. What's their age range? What's their um, habits? Kind of like that. And if you're looking at your brand as a whole, um, you can build kind of a character that your audience is. And that will allow you to then look at other brands your character might be shopping at, right? So like the Target mom or whatever, like who is that? You know, she likes iced coffee and shopping by herself because she wants to get away for 30 minutes with her kids, right? So how can you replicate that with your brand if you're selling online? Like how do you give her an experience? Maybe you post some entertaining videos that entertain her for five seconds or six seconds when she's, you know, making her kids food and has her phone in her hand because she just needs to escape. So like, that's what you're trying to do. You have to figure out who your target audience is. Now, are you going to sell to people outside of your target audience? Sure. I mean, every brand does, but you're going to gear your marketing to that target audience first And then other people kind of fall into that. So anytime you're looking at branding, it's not just for social media. You really do need to think about who is that person? Who am I selling to? If I could pick one person, it would be this demographic, this age range. This is their shopping habits. This is where they live. You know, you're really going to hone that in. And it may seem like, well, I don't want to narrow my focus that much. But what you're doing is you're crafting kind of a persona of your brand too. Like, and then people are gravitated toward that. If you try to be too broad, you almost miss everybody. Like, um, it's it's better to kind of, and they talk about like niching down to who your audience is, I can really create an authentic brand conversation with that persona. And then other people will be drawn to that, even if they're on the fringe of that or outside of that audience. Um, but if you're just like, we sell to everybody, you know, we are Walmart, like we can't be Walmart. <laughs> we yeah. don't have a marketing budget for that. Um, most small businesses don't. So, um, and you know, their whole thing is low prices. So even then they have an audience, they know who they're targeting to. Right. Um, so that's what we have to do as a small businesses. Is who is your audience? Like for me as a social media creator my audience is businesses that don't want to create social media, but know they have to have it. Um, and I help them fill that gap in between knowing you have to have this and getting it done um, and taking it off their plate. So that's what you have to look for is if you provide a service. So maybe you you know, have a business that provides embroidery designing or something like that. What are you providing your client? You're taking off something from their plate, you're filling a gap, like you're filling a, solving a problem, and that's how you build that audience. Um, and just kind of understanding, and it may be writing that all down and kind of mapping that out, asking yourself those questions. Uh, I will say there's a really good book. Um, if you have never thought about who your audience is, and I'll recommend it, it's called, um, I think it's called Building a Story Brand. If you search story brand, you'll find it, but it's a really good marketing book um talking about how you tell your story. And it can be really helpful when you're starting to build that audience and tell that story on social media to think about it that way. It's um, I think you can even listen to it on audiobook, but it's I think it's called Building a Story Brand.
0: Yeah. One actually um, another podcast guest was also speaking about just recently reading that book. Yeah. So now I'm gonna have to look it up on Audible
2: it is on audible i do know that. i don't
0: actually read books anymore i just listen to them
2: (laughs) but that's a huge part of branding is i think people don't realize is you have a great product but if you can't figure out who you're selling it to um you're expecting the buyer to find you and in today's world that's really hard um because there's so much noise that the buyer has to cut through to find brands whereas if you're trying to find that audience person it's it's almost like you're reaching out into the crowd and grabbing them because you're like I'm your person I've got what you need I see your problem I've solved it and instead of the other way around where it's like where's Waldo um and they they're not <laughs> going to find you that way <laughs> and that's just there's so many things online so right. I would suggest, yeah, in the book, I think is on Audible, but he has some really great free tips as well on how to figure out your brand's story and then figure out your brand's audience. And those are two keys for your website, for social media, for even just your brand in general that will
1: help you grow. Absolutely. I don't know why, while you were talking just now, you're like it's your story, but that like, in my mind, that means it's being written, right? So it can be fluid too. like, just because you start somewhere doesn't mean you end up somewhere. Um, and it's, but you're sharing all of that. And so it kind of all goes together. You are purposefully sharing information with the audience that, you know, would be interested in it. And then, because you're doing that, you're attracting more of similar people, um, which in turn um, drives more people to see your content and then more sales. And it, it kind of just, you know, what's the word? <laughs> it waterfalls or not waterfalls, whatever. <laughs> no, I know what
0: you mean. It all,
1: yeah,
0: it's like a waterfall. Yeah. It down and,
2: yeah. But yeah, yeah, A lot of brands, you know, they like we design a logo and then we launch our business and we forget about the what our story is, what our audience is. And that's a huge piece that a lot of people miss. And I think it can be detrimental if you don't step back and look at that. Um, and you're just focused on numbers and you're just focused on, oh, I've got this many followers, but I don't know who any of them are or if they
1: even right. relate
2: to my audience. Um, because then you're not going to have that engagement.
1: Well, um, and I want to talk too real fast because you just reminded me of another point. A lot of people do what you just said. Logo, business, here it is. And then they throw a bunch of money at maybe advertising. And then they wonder why the advertising isn't working. Yeah, But they don't have that audience to fall back on. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? While you-
2: <laughs> yeah. in um, and- It happens a lot. I mean, especially in the last, I would say, five or six years, there's been ads on social media like we can gain new followers, we can do all this. But the followers they add to your site aren't adding any value to you. Um, They actually decrease your value. And so be very, very careful with paid ads. Um, They have a place. um, They do have a place in certain times. Um, but you're not probably going to get the engagement you want. You'll add the numbers real fast. Um, But a lot of times they're either fake accounts, bots, accounts from other countries where they're just really not adding to your authentic audience engagement. And over time, what's going to happen is you're going to have all these followers and you don't get five likes on your posts because none of those followers are actually consuming your content. They're just there. Um, and when an account goes dead, um, and it's not adding to your post, it's going to drop your engagement. Um, and so paid ads and things like that, if you're throwing money at that, cause you think, oh, this is going to fix it. Like, just realize that that's not always the solution. Um, Honestly, you can get a lot farther with unpaid organic marketing on social media if you just really focus in and hone in on the audience and who you're talking to, um, using keywords that match that audience. And that takes a little time to research. I mean, it does take a little more effort than just hitting boost post, Um, it does. But, and you can work with people that can help you do that. but it does help you to build a more authentic community online. That's really what we're looking for is you want to build a community that is going to support you as a business owner um, is going to buy from you as a business owner or share, depending if you're not selling anything, if you're just out there, um, like maybe you teach or something like that, but they're going to attend your classes. They're going to, um, you know, support what you're doing. You can't have that community if your following isn't authentic, if it's just numbers. Um, So just be very careful with paid posts. Um, Once social media became commercialized, like originally, it was just a community thing. When Facebook started, it was just community. You had to have a college email address. It was building a community. And once they started realizing, oh, hey, we can make money off of this, um, the ads and the things like that, then it, it got into a dangerous game where, okay, you're gonna pay to boost this post. And so they have to show you results because as a business owner, if you're paying to boost this post, you wanna see results. So it's a lot easier for the backend for them to send you followers that probably have nothing to do with your business, but look, your posts got you a thousand new followers because you spent you know, $300 or whatever. And so you're thinking, wow, I'm doing great. Um, And then those thousand followers don't touch your content at all going forward. So just be careful. A lot of that has been cracked down on in the last few years um, because people kind of got wise and were like, hey, this isn't really helping me. Um, So just remember that when you're looking at boosting posts. There's a very specific time where I recommend to clients to boost a post. Um, most of the time I say it's really easier to focus on organic reach to connect with people and build that community. That's, I think that's what people don't realize is social media gives you the opportunity to have a global community for your business, something that most small business owners couldn't have otherwise. So if they can capitalize and really look at it that way and build those conversations, those relationships, authentic posting,
1: It's a really powerful tool it is absolutely um I, i just think also like you're in it for the long run like it's not just a post a couple times and why isn't this working it's not it's it's going to be building blocks upon building blocks upon building blocks and it may be a slow burn but it's worth it if you do it correctly
2: And I think we talked about not feeling pressure to post daily, but to post consistently. And I think when you post consistently, your audience also knows you're showing up. So when you're showing up for them, they will eventually show up for you or they'll know, like, if I need this, I'm going here. If I need blanks for my business and I know that they're constantly posting, they're they're adding fresh inventory they're adding fresh content they're doing sales because they know they want to help me those kinds of things that's where i'm going to go first to see if i can find what i need because they've been consistent in my feed i may not have engaged or liked or done anything but i've seen them show up
1: they are i mean that's a 100 percent true there's some things that like i've seen a million times i haven't bought yet because for whatever reason maybe i'm like "Eh, just on the edge but it's almost like every time I see it, I'm just a little bit closer. Like the first time I was like, what is that? You know, then the, then it was like, Hmm. And then the next time, maybe 10 times later, I might actually look at the website. I'm not ready to buy it yet. And then maybe I add it to my cart and then maybe I take it back out. You know, it may be a year or two before I make that first purchase, but um, that doesn't mean I'm not seeing it. And it doesn't mean that the posts aren't working um just might take me a minute i'm yeah. also not sometimes not an impulsive buyer <laughs> most yeah, of the time that's, not.
2: that's a lot of people and i think if we just think okay if i posted this and people didn't like it but you don't realize there's still you can look in your insights and see who's seeing it so you still see how many people it got in front of so you can look at that number and then you can slowly look at how that engagement rises and again it's a long game um you know it's not the short game but Mm. the consistency of your brand showing up in front of those people eventually people's curiosity gets the best of them and they're like okay i need to check this out i need to make a purchase i need to try it it keeps showing up i'm gonna try this now um i'm that way too like and if you If you're doing your own website, there are ways that if people visit your website and put something in a cart, there are different um, apps and plugins you can use where it can send that person an email if they've created an account but maybe not made a purchase. Um, There's marketing tools that you can use to capitalize on them kind of creeping on your website, and then you can slow drip a marketing campaign to them. Um, That's a little more involved than some small business owners are ready to jump off and do, um, but there is tools out there that tools out there that can help you um, to look at those people who maybe come, maybe they sign up for your 10% off if you send us your email address. They put something in the cart, but then they walk away, and then you get an e- you know your business sends out an email the next day that says, hey, you left this behind. We're gonna give you 15% off, and you know there's those kind of tactics that you can use. But sometimes it's just being in front of them. Over and over and over again until they decided to try it.
1: Until that last time, you just happened to be yep. at the right time. And then yep. you're like, okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think just
2: sales posts, unless you're running a sale. So if you are in the middle of a like Christmas in July sale, then yes, you want to push that sale. But on a normal month, if you're not running a big sale, sale post should probably be about 20% of your content, and the other 80% of your content needs to either be value-based or inspiration-based, like here's how we put together this outfit, or here's how um, we created this, or behind the scenes, and then only 20% should be sale content, unless you're in a push for a specific sale, um, and then it changes a But on a normal month, a big sale running, I would keep your sale post to about 20%. So they don't feel like the only thing you're telling them is buy this, buy this, buy this. Um, You are offering them other things that
1: they get to on your social media. Yep. Yeah. I think this has been really awesome and really helpful. And I hope that... um, if you're listening to this, I hope you had a notepad to write down some of these tips. If not, listen to it again. But um, I also hope that this inspires you guys to maybe try something a little bit different. Or make a video. <laughs> yeah.
2: Make a video. Post a video. Um, just put yourself out there a little bit. And, and just... Take baby steps. It's okay to take baby steps. Um, I
0: would say the biggest thing is that even if you haven't done it exactly right, I mean, I feel like it's always changing. Is you can change how you're doing it.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Um, you know, I this I'll end with this, but like I had another client that, um, you know, she she told me I'm uncomfortable being on video, and I was like. But there's somebody that needs to see you on video, you know, that they're only going to connect with you. They're not going to connect with, you know, stock photos or different things. Um, and I was like, they need to see you. And and if you can connect with that person and add value to their life, like, what does that do? You know, think about how you would feel if you were doing that in person. Um, and on social media, it just gives you that that kind of relationship that most businesses are looking to find with their customers. Um, I mean, most of you wanna see your customers happy. You wanna see them excited about what you do in your product. And, And a lot of that starts with just putting yourself out there and just taking a little step into dipping your toe into a video. And it can be easy, simple, like under 20 seconds, just quick, hey, it's me. This is what we're doing today in the shop, or this is what we're doing today in the office and and just putting it out there and it it goes a long way um and then the consistency of doing that you will see the growth come
1: yeah absolutely and you can do it too and anyone can do it right
2: you can do it i mean if you don't have any marketing dollars social media is free um you just have to put in the work and there are apps and things that can help you do that. So don't feel like, Oh, well, I don't have a marketing budget. So I'm just going to put that to the side. Like this is your opportunity to grow that way. Um, Use the social media to your advantage.
1: Yep.
0: Absolutely.
1: 100%. Okay. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, Thank you guys. Thank you, Amanda, for coming and chatting. Been a, it's been a pleasure. You're sharing your knowledge, little bits, golden pieces of knowledge, and, and really appreciate that. Um, if you guys have not subscribed, make sure you subscribe to Sellers and Makers Podcast and keep your eye out for everything embroidery market, launching our registration here in the next few months. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Follow us at Everything Embroidery Market on Facebook and Instagram for all of our latest updates. We will see you next week.